Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. What is the series called, Travis? The series is called His Masterpiece. You know what I was thinking is mastermind. And I'm like, that's not it. It's not his mastermind. It's his masterpiece. And I'm like, that's not, that's not, it's not clicking. And so we're in this great series called uh, His Masterpiece. And we've talked a lot about um, how, how God is, is creative and he is, he is artistic and he is a visionary and, 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 and he's able to create great things out of no thing. And Anyhow, in and through this, I've had people come up to me periodically and share different kinds of art with me. We've been talking about pointillism. Pointillism is, is where you put a, a pen or a pencil to the paper one dot at a time, one dot at a time. And so it looks like absolutely nothing is taking place, nothing is happening until you step away from the picture, and then you've got this beautiful this, this beautiful piece of art that has been created by a creator. And so Bob sent me, Bob Schmidt, wave your hand just real quick. His daughter has been working on a piece, a pointillism piece for over two years. How long, sir? Two years and three months. This shows you how many, you know, how many dots and how long this takes. But I would like to show this on the screen if I could just real quick. Uh, of her work that that took over two years if I could get that on the screen just real quick that would be it's coming we got a slow connection come on is this incredible that's one dot next to another dot and I can just tell you this is a picture of a picture it doesn't do it any justice I'm certain of it but over two years work and this is what this is what happened what a beautiful beautiful what a beautiful piece of art you know, when I was, when I was looking at this, um, it just showed me how patient God is with us. You know, I'd be like, get into about dot 1,000, and I guarantee I'd find something else to do. And, uh, and, and she didn't. Over two years, this, this, you know, she was committed to this. And I often look at my own life, and I'm thankful that God is patient with me. And, and even though the changes, some of them might be bold and big changes, others might be very, very small changes, but, but nonetheless, come on, God hasn't walked away from me and just gotten tired because, you know, I've been unwilling to, to keep that dot on, on this canvas. And so, um, beautiful, beautiful uh, picture. Please tell Kaylin that, that we appreciate her um, sharing that with us today, sir. Thank you. So in week one, we talked about uh, transformation. We talked about the importance of God wanting to transform a life, not just conform your life. You know, we, we've talked about how religion, you know, has a tendency to, you know, to, to you know, just want to make changes on the outside. Hey, act, act like you got your stuff together. Fake it till you make it is one, one thing. And so you see people that that give their heart to Jesus, and next thing you know, they're praying funny and weird, and 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 they're and they're they're talking 
you know, in a language that they've never talked in before. Not saying that God won't change your language, but you don't have to, you know, to be a Christian, you don't have to um, speak in old English, right? You don't have to, you don't have to get strange and weird and, and whatnot. See, those, that's conformity. And God wants to change you from the inside, the inside out. And so week two, we talked about freedom. Last week, we talked about we talked about freedom. And why does God want you to be free? Simply because he wants you to be free. He wants to set you free because he, he hates seeing, come on, the people that he loves bound and, 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 and just being messed with. And so today we're going to talk about, and the title of the message is, I serve the God of increase. I serve the God of increase. And I want you to know that this morning, that the God that you serve He's the God of increase. I mean, if you, if you take a look from Genesis all the way back to the maps, you're going to see a God that begins something in one space and it changes over a period of time into something completely different. You talk about the parable of the seed, right? He plants a seed in the ground and that seed, if it's cared for, right, it's going to grow up and it's going to give an, a tremendous harvest, right? The seed doesn't remain a seed because we serve a God of increase, we talk about being born again. Well, what is born again? How can a man enter into his, his mother's womb a second time? Well, he can't. When we're born again, our spirit is born again, right? It's, the, it's, a, it, it's exactly you know, what it was represented in and through this, this baptism. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things you know, become new. The idea of you being born again is not to stay a baby as a Christian, the idea is for you to be, because you serve a God of increase, is to be a person that increases. You know, it's unfortunate, but it's true. We have some people, you know what I mean, that have given their heart to Jesus, and they've dove in, and, they, and they're, they're reading their Bible, and they're spending time in prayer, and they're saying, God completely changed my life. And let's say this person has only served the Lord three years it's very possible and, and often true that that person that has been serving God, the God of increase for three years, is much more mature in their walk with God than somebody that has been in the church for 60 years. Because one of them is interested in, in increase and being changed. And one of them is exercising their faith. One of them is launching out and trusting but, but man, I can't even, I can't even tell you. And, and this isn't a comparison between this and that. All I'm saying is, is that, that God is a God of increase and his plan for your life is that you do the same. That you are a person of increase, right? That you, that you continue to be changed and transformed into his image and likeness. And so, Lord, we just come before you and we pray right now. God, for those that need healing, we just ask for healing God, I pray for those this morning that just need some direction in their life. God, that you would be a God of direction. And I pray, Lord, that just as Pastor Javi said, that all of us would be changed and transformed. We would leave this place just a little bit different than how we came. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So I want to take just a quick moment, and I want to welcome our online church. We didn't get a chance to do that. Um, but I want to welcome you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, here this morning, we also want to um, just just you know welcome all the facilities, the IDOC that tunes in um, each and every week and is a big part 
of, of our services, you know, right outside of Twin Falls. We want to just welcome you and thank you so much for, for, uh, for being a part of this. And we pray for you on a regular basis. Let's go ahead and go to our, our current scripture, um, which is Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. It says this, for we are God's masterpiece. This is where we get, this is where we get the title of the message. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us new in Christ Jesus why did he create us new? So we can do good things that he planned for us long ago. I want you to know this, that God planned for you to do good things long ago. He planned, he's a planner. You know, God's got, you know, if, if God had a calendar, that, that baby would be filled up. How many of you live with somebody that, that knows how to work a calendar? Right? They're a planner. How many, of you, how many of you are that person that just like, you just wing it as you go? You just like, well, that's me, brother, too. I'm a, my wife's like, my wife is like, how can you schedule three things at the same time when there's only one of you? That's, so she keeps me, she keeps me in line and in, in, in order. But I want you to know this, that, that God had a plan to do good things in you a long time ago. And so some of us, you know, some of us, even at certain points of our life, we feel like, you know what, I'm, I was just an accident. Maybe you were even told that you were an accident, right? Maybe, you know, you weren't planned. You weren't, but I'm telling you what, even though mom and dad didn't have a plan for you, I'm telling you what God did because long ago, way before you were even born, come on, God had a plan to do good things in and through your life. Somebody say amen. 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 Um, so he's a planner. Genesis chapter, chapter 1 says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Somebody say, that's a blank canvas. Right? There, there, was, there was nothing. And then it goes on. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was, there was light. And so there was nothing and God created something. That's really a good picture of some of our lives as well. It's like my life, if I was going to be honest, without the Lord, uh, and, and maybe you were just much better than I was, but there really wasn't a great deal you know, to work with there. There wasn't a great deal that I was pleased about, happy about, you know, that I valued, and I didn't feel like there was a great deal that other people valued in my life. But then, come on. Then let there be light, and there was light. Come on, I went in a moment's time from death to life, from darkness to light. And I know this, that if you've had, and it doesn't matter how colored or, or tattered your past is, it doesn't have to be as colorful, as tattered as my past is, but the truth is, is if you were not walking with God, and then you were walking with God, and you had a genuine experience like you are saved there's a lot of people the reason why I say this is because there's a lot of people that are going to go through this life thinking that they're saved in right relationship with the Lord only to find out that they're not and so I'm talking to those that literally know God and God knows them you, you, you know the scripture they're standing before the Lord and and uh, they say you know what we've laid hands on the sick and we've cast out demons. We've done all these things in your name. And Jesus is going to look at those people 
that have thought they've been saved, walking with God all this time, and he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because I did not know you. Like one of the most sobering, sobering scriptures in the, in the whole Bible, right? And so I'm saying this, that if you've had a transformation experience, it's like, and it's not in anything that you can do, only that you truly believe and receive. You know, you are saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So it's not like you working really, really, really hard to, you know, to be saved, but really trusting that God is who he says he is and he's done what he says he's done and he'll do what he says he's going to do. Then you too have been transitioned from darkness to life, from death to life, darkness to light, death to life. All right. And so you are God's masterpiece John chapter 1 and verse 1 says this. In the beginning was the Word. This is the, this is the, 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 the brother, the New Testament brother to the scripture that I just shared with you. There's unity in these. In the beginning was the Word. Who's the Word? Who is it? Say it bold. Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So, so I got asked this last week, you know, when did Jesus become? And I, you know, they were talking about how Jesus wasn't in the Old Testament. I said, yes, he was. <laughs> he was. And so anyway, this is why it's important just to study your Bible. Come on, in the beginning, in the beginning of what? The beginning of all beginnings. Who created God? Nobody. He, 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 he has been. Nobody created him. He has been from from the start, whenever the start was. That hurts my mind. All right. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Jesus, the Word, created everything that has been created. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made. There was nothing made without the Word. Which is who? Which is Jesus. Without him, nothing was made that has ever been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is a powerful portion. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Does that mean that the darkness doesn't try to overcome it? No, the darkness is always trying to overcome the light. But guess what? The darkness has not and cannot overcome it. But I'm telling you what, that as we buy, I want to just talk to you just for a second because something's just touching my heart right now. As we buy into the lie, that is an attempt for the darkness to overtake the light that is in you. And if you remain in Christ, that will never happen. The darkness will not overcome it. But when you start coming into agreement, buying into the lie, then you are heading down a very, very, a very, very bad road that, that, that you may think is leading to someplace greater, but it is actually leading to someplace worse. And I'll tell you this, some people are fortunate to rebound from these, from these, these times when we walk away from God. And other people are not. And you probably know people 
that at some point in their past has been madly in love with Jesus. And now what they're doing, and it's because they've bought into the lie. This is a lie. Who's the father of lies? The devil is the father of lies. The truth is not in the devil. And so what happens is, is we start allowing our mind to go where it should not go, saying, you know what, maybe this would be better. When God's word is, is, is completely contradictory to the way that you're thinking, well, maybe I should do this, or maybe this would be a little bit better. You buy into the lie, and the next thing you know, you're just in a, you're just in a very, very dark, dark place. Sometimes people rebound from it. A lot of times they do. But, but sometimes they don't. And I'm just saying this. Listen to the Spirit of God that is inside of you. And if you are walking a foolish path, come out from that place. Repent of your sins right now and come out from that place and say, God, please forgive me. You know what I'm saying? God, I, 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 my life belongs to you. I'm going to change my, my course, my direction. All right? All right. And so Psalm chapter 115 and verse 14, a lot of scripture here this morning. May the Lord give you increase more and more and to your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heavens and earth. Let's go back one slide. May the Lord give you increase. So, so that, that would be good enough, right? We serve a God of increase. May the Lord give you increase. What a great blessing that is. What an incredible promise. But I think it's interesting that it says more and more. More and more. Why is that in there? Like, why couldn't he just stop with, may the Lord just give you increase? May he just bless you. You know what? That'd be a great way just to say goodbye to your friends after they, after they opened up their home and invited you into their home and just gave you a real nice meal. You know, you bless them by saying, may the Lord give you increase. But no, he doesn't stop there. He says more and more. More increase. More peace. More prosperity. More time. More and more. So, so it continues to grow. How many of you know that God is a God of growth, right? He says, you know, he'll take you from glory to glory. Right? How many of you want a little bit more time? How many of you want a little bit more influence? Like how many of you literally want your life to, to count just a little bit a little bit more? Right? How many of you want could use a little bit more money? How many of you how many of you nobody? You're like, oh no, we're we're good. With inflation the way it is? Really? So so more and more. More is good, but then I want you to add some more. I want some more peace in my life. You know, I talked about a few weeks ago how peace is one of the, the most uh, underrated gifts that God has. You don't even really appreciate it until your peace is gone. And then you're just like, man, I just need peace back in my life. And so, so I want peace, but I want more peace, more love, right? See, the deal is, is I need more for me, and it talks about my children. So I need enough for me, and I need enough for my children. But guess what? I'm not stopping there because I need enough for, like, if Clint 
mill iron is having a bad day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to I have abundance of whatever it is that he is needing. I want more for, you know, I want to possess more so that whenever he is in need, come on, I can share some of the more that I have with him. Right? And so, so we've got to have a reason, come on, for, for the, the, the blessing. We've got to have a reason for the, for the more. And I'm just saying this, that more is to make an eternal difference in the lives of other people. I shared this last week at a, at a place that, that just because I'd been thinking about it a lot, and I thought, man, that'll really fit in here. But can I just tell you this, that you're never going to miss out on an, on an eternal investment. Anything that you give eternally, anything that you invest eternally, like you're never going to miss out on the blessing of that. Why, we talk about it often. You're storing up treasures in heaven. You give your time Right. You volunteer. You, you know, you, 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 you're a part of our our drive through nativity and your voice is absolutely gone because you've been sharing your lines, you know, minute after minute, moment after moment, hour after hour. You know, for two nights, you're freezing out there. It's, you know, you're not one of the, the, the lucky ones that's by a fire barrel, but you're out there, you know what I mean, grinding it out so that people can can get a glimpse of the Christmas spirit, you know, hear the story of Jesus Christ, right? You know, far before everybody's really even talking about it, we're out there. And I'm telling you what, that's an eternal investment. And guess what? Guess that God is paying attention to that. And you're never going to miss out on uh, anything that you invest eternal, uh, eternally. And so you have to know what the more is for. Why does God give the increase? Come on, why did God say, you know, to Abraham, I'm going to increase you? Why did God say to David, you know what, I'm going to increase you? Why did God say to Moses, I'm going to increase you? Why did God go to Jacob and say, we need to make some changes first, but I'm going to increase you? Why is it that God is wanting to increase your life? You see, you have to have a reason. You have to know what the more is for. And it's not for selfish, it's not for selfish gain. See, anytime you, you desire more and you have a selfish approach to more, then, then that selfishness is going to lead to pain. It's going to create self-pain. You're going to bring pain upon yourself. And then you're also going to bring pain upon the people that love you the most, the people that are closest to you. If you don't believe me, look at addiction. Anybody here ever been touched by addiction? Anybody have a family member that's been that's been caught up in addiction, right? It hurts them. I love that. She was just giving me an amen right now. Uh, it hurts them. Like they are, they're bringing about pain on themselves. But, but part of the thing that's most hurtful to the person that's caught up in addiction is that they see the destruction and the pain that they're causing, you know, to the people that have been there and been faithful to them and love them the most. And so selfishness damages a reputation, how many times have we seen somebody that has lived a sacrificial life and they're always giving, they're always pouring out, and then they have one selfish moment. Listen to me now. They have one selfish moment. They do something crazy and, and ignorant, and, they, and, and the next thing you know, that crazy thing that they did is, is being blasted all over the front page of the newspaper, and it's on the, the Channel 7 News and then guess what? That person that has lived so sacrificially and given so much because we shoot our own. 
Come on, they are attacked by the very people that they have served so much and, and, and not really understanding, not really understanding that, you know what? Anybody is, 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 is in, in line for a shortcoming, right? Like right now as I'm speaking this, as I'm speaking this, the truth is is some of you guys, some of us, not some of you guys, some of us, come on, you've got some things that you've done in your past and the only reason why you didn't go to prison for it is because you didn't get caught. I, I am telling you, there are, re- that, you know what, I, I meet people, you know, that have been to prison and, and, and whatnot, and, and I'm just like, you know what I mean? I don't look at them any differently whatsoever because I know for a fact that the only reason why I didn't go is because I didn't get caught. But it is amazing to me how the church can sometimes treat people whenever they look and they know their past. And so because they got caught and they may have spent a little bit of time, you know what I mean? Now it's like you got this whispering in the back room. It's like, well, you know what they did, right? You know, you know. And I just wonder sometimes how easily we forget what it is that the Lord has done for us and how far and how good he has been he has been to us. I don't even know where that came from, but oh, it damages a reputation. So when you're selfish, it damages a reputation. So number three is this: it leads to loneliness. Why loneliness? Because we push people out. Or when you're selfish, you're so selfish that nobody wants to be around you, and so you find yourself all by yourself anyway. So prosperity is amazing when it's grounded on God's word, but prosperity can kill a person that is on unstable ground, right? So if prosperity comes to, to you and you're not ready for it, that could be the very thing that, that, that really, really hurts you and wounds you. Um, whenever, whenever you are living in a way, and, and some of you may know somebody like this, but but there's a gallery of self and you live your, your life, you know what I mean, always on display and presenting, you know, what you've bought and this new toy and this and that. And, 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 and it's, all about, it's all about the me, 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 me and look what, look what I've done for me. And I'm just saying that that's a very, very dangerous place to be. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6. It says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And so what's the reason for your more? We're, we're, we're finding that out right now. Um, it is to live open-handed. God is going to bless you so that you can be a blessing, right? It goes on to say that each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly. Why? So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, there's three alls just right there, all, all in all, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And so he's going to give you what you need, and he's planned this long time ago, he's going to give you what you need so that you may abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. I just look, Miss Milliron right here, she calls me up. This, you know, not, not knowing about the group of people. Go ahead and just wave your hand just real quick. She calls me up and she says, hey, pastor, 
Um, she says, uh, hey, I've got a group of people that, you know, we want to create Christmas and, 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 and you know, it's, it's a tough time of the year with inflation being the way it is and, 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 you know, some people are losing their jobs and so on and so forth. We want to help some families out and we think we can help about five families out. And, and she's like, you know, hey, do you, can you give me a list of names? And I'm sitting there scratching my head thinking, of families. You know why? Because there have been other people that have come to me already and I've given the names out of people that, that also wanted, you know, that needed some help and they've been blessed by, by other people. But do you know how incredible that is? How, how generous this church is? I'm constantly being asked, you know, hey, who's in need? Who's, you know, this and that. And it's so cool. Like you may think it's not that great, but it's so cool for me to say, you know what? We're good. We, it's already been, been covered and, and taken care of. Or I'll keep my ear, you know, to the ground and my eyes open. And boy, if I hear of anything, I'll certainly let you know. But, but listen, this is what it is right here. Brandy in action. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. See, there's a reason for the more. It's not just to have more, but there's a reason for the more. Okay? Now he who supplies, this is God, supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. This is a whole other message, but, but this is the problem, is you need to know that God gives seed to the sower and bread for food. That means that there's a, a certain portion of what it is that God gives you and trusts you. Guess what? That you're supposed to sow. That you're supposed to give away. You're not supposed to keep in your possession. And there's a portion of that seed that is supposed to be used for food. The problem is when you live in a selfish place and it's all about look what I've done look what I've created guess what you you eat you eat the seed that was supposed to be sown you consume it yourself you're supposed to give it away but you eat it for yourself and and we get we get spiritually actually spiritually what's a word for uh anorexic you get you're spiritually anorexic but physically fat because you're, you're taking the blessing of God and you're just using it for your own purpose and your own desire. Not knowing that that is supposed to be, that is supposed to be given. That's a whole other series maybe. But now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. Why? There's always a why. So that you can be generous on every occasion. See, the reason for the more is to be generous, is to make a difference. It's not to, it's not to, to, to build up storehouses and, 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 and create a place of self-worship. That's not what it's for, all right? And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. That's awesome. Somebody say, praise the Lord for the word of the Lord. Sorry, I got to restart here. Mother Teresa said this, and I don't think I've got it up here, but uh, Mother Teresa said this. Listen, she said, I alone 
cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the water to create many ripples. Let me read that again. I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the water to create many ripples. Mother Teresa, less, uh, yesterday, and it's already been talked about, we, we uh, uh, did an incredible, we were part of an incredible uh, celebration of life service for a pastor that's been pastoring in this community for a long period of time, Rick Zimmerman. And it was, it was so beautiful. There was a, first of all, his son, what a, what a great way to honor his dad. His son did the service for, for his father that had passed. And towards the end of the service, the son just asked, and this place was just filled up wall to wall. The son asked the congregation, who here has ever been encouraged? Who here has ever, um, you know, your life has been changed and transformed because of the, of the work that, that, that my dad has done in this community? You know, how, how many of you, you know, would say that God used my dad to touch your life? And man, there were hands that just went up all over the place. And I just absolutely love that. And what that is, is that, that is, that's a legacy. See, see you, one person can do a lot, but guess what? God never asks you to do everything. He just asks you to do what you're called to do. Right? He doesn't ask you to do everything, but Tyson, when you do your part, which you've got, you've got the spirit of an evangelist, no doubt about it, right? Passionate about the things you've got, bold in your, in your walk with God, not afraid to have a conversation anytime. But guess what? You can't do it all. And there's no way that this whole church, finding our place and our part, can do it all. But I'm telling you what, incredible things happen when we find ourselves doing our part. And I encourage you, man, if you, if, you, if you haven't been real active in doing your part, I encourage you, you know, to begin to step out in faith and, and do that. Because what happens is, is there's ripples that are made across the world. I mean, think about this. The first year that we did the Operation Christmas Child, I think we did like 30 boxes. We did over, as a church, we did over, I think, 3,600 boxes. Close to 4,000. I don't even know how many. A bunch. A bunch of boxes. And so this is Operation 365. We have a, a small army of people that are a part of this ministry all year long. And 4,000 of those boxes. And then, oh yeah, by the way, it's nine bucks to ship each of those boxes. This is the deal. We're, that's a small drop in the bucket of all things happening. But do you think... I mean, how far-reaching do you think each one of those boxes are? I was thinking it's very possible that one box can reach 10 people. One box can reach five people. You do the math, there's a lot of lives that are affected because of the faithfulness of this church just doing our part, which is a great, great part. And I just want to say thank you so much. But that's ripples across the world. So listen, I'm closing. I'm going to give you a few things if you just want to come up and, 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 uh, and play in the background. So how do we increase properly? Number one, we increase properly by putting God first, right? We put God first. Boom. Sounds easy. Can sometimes be difficult. How many of you have ever, you know what I mean? You've been walking with God and then all of a sudden you're just kind of wakened up to the idea that, wow, I haven't really been putting God first. I've been putting this first or that first or right? So put God first. When God is not first, increase is unstable. 
So what are some areas, just real quick, that we need to put God first in? We need to put God first in the tithe. This is a sign of maturity. This is a sign of maturity. God says, listen, do you trust me? Yes, I trust you, God. Then give me the first 10%. It's the same thing with fasting, right? Fast. Let's be a people that, 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 that launch out. If you've never fasted and prayed, given a, a, a period of time to fasting and prayer, I encourage you, start out with just one day for 24 hours, God. That means that, that, that I'm going to have my last meal at 7 p.m., and then I'm not going to eat the rest of that night. And I'm going to give myself to prayer. I'm not going to eat all that next day. I'm going to give myself to prayer. And then I'll break my fast at 7 p.m. the next night. So 24 hours. 24 hours of just giving yourself, you know what I mean, to paying attention, you know, to the Lord. So put God first in the tithe. Put God first in serving. You know, we are, a, we are a church that believes in serving. It's a church where you can believe, where you can belong, and where you can serve. If you're not serving, come talk to us. We'll find a place for you to serve. We'll find a great place for you, you to use your gift and your talents. The second thing is be a good steward. How do you be a good steward? You just use what it is that God has given you to the very best that you can use it. Give it, give it away. Give it... You know, give it back to God. Say, God, you've given me this gift. You've given me this talent. You've given me these resources. And now, Lord, I'm going to be a good steward because I'm going to use it. I think it's interesting that the little boy in the feeding of the 5,000, the little boy gave his lunch. Everybody else is probably thinking, well, what good is that going to do? That's not going to do anything, right? But he gave his lunch. He said, here, I'm going to do my part. Maybe other people will do their part or... The Lord's just going to bless it and just begin to multiply it, and it's just going to keep going. See, when you do, when you're a good steward of what it is that you have, how many of you know that, 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 is, that is prime, that's a prime place for God just to do supernatural miracles, right? It's primed for that. So be a good steward. And if you don't know how to steward well, we've got, this is a church of good stewards. We can, we can, get, you, we can get you linked up with somebody that can help you out with that. The third thing is this, don't downplay your gift. Never downplay your gift. Well, I'm not that, and so I can't, you know, really be. Listen, man, you are exactly who you are supposed to be, and God has given you the ability exactly the way that, you're, you know, that, that he desires for you to, you know, the abilities that he wants you to have. And, um, and don't downplay your gift Never downplay your gift. Number four is this. Continue to live for the more. Continue to live for the more. So many people, our approach to life is, is, you know, just give me enough. Boy, if I could just do this. If I could just have that. But I want you to expand your, your thinking. That, you know what, God, I could certainly use this, but, but give me more so that I can be a blessing. I can live, you know, with overflow in my life. How many of you know that there are people all around you that, um, that need what you have, right? And how many of you know that you can't give somebody a drink if your well is, is, is dry, right? If you've just got enough for you, you can't really, you know what I mean, be a blessing um, to somebody else. And so I'm gonna encourage you to live for the more. I think it's interesting in that same story where Jesus feeds the 5,000, 
Was it just enough to feed the 5,000 or was there more? There was leftover, right? 12 baskets and, and, um, and that's the kind of life that we, need to, that we need to desire, that we need to believe in. I want you to know that today could be your breakthrough day. God has more for you. If you find yourself in addiction, if you, if you find yourself you know, having some sort of a, 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 you know, a problem that nobody really knows about, I just want to speak to you just for a second. God has more in store for you. And you may think that there's not victory you know, in line for you, that that's just for everybody else. And I'm just telling you this, that I want you to believe again for deliverance. I want you to believe again for a new beginning because God has it for you. This house is filled with people that have been addicted to drugs, alcohol, been addicted to pornography, been addicted to a lot of different things. And I'm just saying that they have, they have, they've experienced the deliverance of the Lord in powerful ways. And you know what? My Bible says that God is not a respecter of persons. That means that if he loves me, loves Pastor Javi, and he's able to do that, you know what I mean, for us, then he's, he's desiring and able to do that for anybody. Amen. How many of you love that? Some of you, come on, right? Some of you, maybe the person that's bound in addiction, they don't have the ability at this time to believe for more. But guess what? You do. You do. You know, if you've got a, a, a relative or a son or a daughter or a wife or, or an uncle or a, a father that, that is just bound up, you know what I'm saying? I believe that, that God will answer your prayers as you stand in the gap for them. God has more for you than fear. He has more for you than loneliness. He has more for you than heartbreak. I want to challenge you today as we... As we bring this service to an end, I want to challenge you to begin to live your day with passion and purpose. It's amazing what happens when faith collides with purpose. Do you know what that equals? Destiny. When faith collides with the purpose that you've been created for, that's when people step into their destiny. You know, we've been talking about living a life of no regret. You know, we've been talking about you know, living your life, however long it is, and standing before the Lord and being ready to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things that you can give your time to, but not, not very many things have an eternal value. And so I want to I wanna do some fun things and, and enjoy this life, but I also want to leave a legacy that that carries something more forward, that has an eternal value to it. And that's what I seen yesterday. That's what we were able to witness yesterday as Pastor Rick's service, his celebration of life service was, was, uh, you know, was taking place. Luke chapter 10 and verse 2 says this. These were the instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. I want you to know this harvest is a harvest of people. There's a lot of people out there just, just, just ready, come on, to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're searching, especially in the world that we live in today. They're desiring, they're needing something more. But the workers are few. And I want to encourage us today. Let's stand up and be counted and say, here I am, God, send me. I'll be a worker. I'm not afraid to have a conversation with people. I'm not afraid to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus, 
Come on, God, as you're working things out, as you're creating things new in my life, I'm going to share that testimony with other people. Come on, God, as you are creating me to be a masterpiece, come on, I'm going to share that so that God can begin a good work in, 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 in somebody else's life and create a masterpiece in them as, as well. goes on to say, so pray that the Lord, who is the change of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into his field. Somebody say, here I am, Lord. Listen, I wrote this down this morning. I got up early this morning. I was just kind of going over this, but I wrote this down this morning. What is a masterpiece? A masterpiece is when a piece is created becomes what the master had envisioned. How many times have you seen somebody sit down to write a book or to write a song or a poem and then they get into it and they just, they don't like what it is. And so what do they do? When, they, when we used to use paper, they would crinkle up their paper. They would throw it into the, the trash can. Then they would start again. Why? Because it's not a masterpiece. Because what they are envisioning, what they're hoping for in their mind, maybe it's a picture, what they're hoping for in their mind is not really what's coming out on paper. And so they trash it and they, and they start again. See, a masterpiece is when the piece created becomes what the master had envisioned. This really captures God's artistic creativity. Everybody, this is Laura Taylor. You're probably wondering, who is this new lady that we have? Boy, she comes to church and she's already on the, on the piano. Well, listen, this last, this last week I was over at Amazing Grace Fellowship and I got a chance to share over there. And um, I got a chance to meet Laura, and she shared this beautiful song that she's going to share with you. She's written this song, and she's going to share it with you. But I was like, please, you have to come to Grace Church and share this with me because it's, it's so perfect with what it is that we're talking about. God is creating something great inside of you. Laura, would you do me a favor and just uh, introduce yourself, introduce the song Introduce the name of the song, how the song came about, and a little bit of the story, and then please bless us with it. Yeah. All right. Well, hi, my name is Laura. Um, I'm going to try and play and talk at the same time. I'm not always the best at that, but um, I've been leading worship since I was 18. We don't need to talk about how old I am, but um, it's been a while. And um, it's funny because I used to say, I wrote in a journal somewhere when I was 18 that I love worship, I respect worship leaders, but I wasn't called to be a worship leader. And I was at school in Seattle and a month later I was home and someone had tricked me into leading worship at Amazing Grace Fellowship. And I have been leading worship ever since. But um, I also, I write music and I, I play um, secular music as well. and. Um, I always said I couldn't write a worship song um, and my best friend and I were talking and having this deep conversation about something and I told him he should pray about it and he's like yeah whatever and he goes you should pray about writing worship music and I was like no one likes you um, and uh, the next day I was just passing through the church and I um, stopped at the piano and 20 minutes later I had written this song and so although technically I wrote it, 
I don't feel like I did. I feel like Jesus wrote it for me. Um, when I sing the bridge, it's talking about your love is rest to the weary. Your love is strength to the weak. And every line in that bridge was me believing something for someone in my life. Um, my grandma at the time couldn't hear and my grandpa was sick and um, all of these different things, even in my own life, they all, each line means something specific to me. But what I didn't know is that a year after I'd written that song, my dad got diagnosed with cancer and it was the hardest thing I'd ever had to go through. My dad was my world, my superhero and I couldn't picture a world without him. And it's been 10 years since he passed away, but I remember singing this song um, months after he was gone and someone said, Can you, can't you not sing that song anymore? It, you you b were believing for healing for your dad. You were believing for all of these things and Jesus didn't heal him. And I said, Jesus didn't heal him on this side of heaven but I still believe that God is good and that his love is all of those things. And the song is called Written All Over. And it's because I have this desire for when people look at me, I don't have to say a word, but they see Jesus written all over my life. In, in my soul, it's written. And I want Jesus written all over the world. And so that's a little bit of what the song is about and hopefully um, you can connect with it as well. Till I find 
Because your love is rest to the weary And your love is strength to the weak And your love sings upon deaf ears And your love makes the mute speak And your love restores the broken It brings life to the dying And takes away pain Oh, and your love moves every mountain And it bursts like a fountain To cover our shame Because your love restores the broken It brings life to the dying And takes away pain Oh, and your love moves every mountain And it bursts like a fountain To cover our shame So I won't be denied No, no, I won't stop Until your dreams are mine And I will search until I find a way to show your love So I won't be denied No, I won't stop until your dreams are mine And I will search until I find beautiful song huh wow so good so good I'm telling you that is an anointed song by God no doubt I'm telling you right now I just want there's a couple things I want to do number one I want to pray that this song I believe this song is a song of healing it's a song of vision it's a song of purpose and I just want to pray right now that that God you take you get this song in the right people's hands and let it just go forward and just continue just to minister to people just like it's ministered to me I told Laura last night I was putting my message together and I literally listened to it probably 10 times in a row just just such a blessing to me and uh, the second thing is is that I want you to know that God loves you God loves you and God's got a plan for you and maybe you're here today and and you're struggling with that you've tried everything but there's no peace come on can I just encourage you to give Jesus a try you know what if you're here and you've been you know you've just just felt empty and with no direction I fully believe because real purpose only comes in a right relationship with him either a you need to just give him your heart for the first time or you just need to come back and just say, Lord, here I am. I've gotten sidetracked. 
But here I am, Lord. My life belongs to you. Use it. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and change me. If that's you, where you want to give your heart to Jesus or you want to rededicate your life, just real quick, I want you to slip a hand in the air. Just want to pray for you. Thank you, Daniel. Back here. Thank you so much. Right here. Awesome. The Johns. Thank you, guys. Anybody else? Up top, all the way in the top. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. We're going to have just a moment of prayer. I want you to make this prayer your own this morning. The, the presence of the Lord is in this place. The Spirit of God is ministering to people right now. Let's just give God thanks just for a minute before we do anything else. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, God, for the life, the, transform, the transformation that comes from, from just putting our trust in you. Lord, and that's where we are today, God. We say, please forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Throw them as far as the east is from the west. Lord, we pray that you forgive us. And Lord, right now we believe that, that you are who you said you are. And that you'll do what you said you will do in the life of somebody that surrenders to you, Lord. And so right now we just say we surrender. We don't just want your forgiveness, but God, we surrender. We say, God, my life is not my own. It belongs to you. And now, Lord, I just ask you that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. God, your word promises the infilling, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that it wouldn't just be a little bit, but that we would be filled up to a place of overflow. God, I pray that, that we would be a, a church that is filled with people that move by the Spirit of God. I pray that there would be healing that takes place, that there would be great faith that takes place. I pray that Grace Church would be a place where many gifts are used. Many of the gifts, all nine of them, are, are just used on a regular basis, Lord. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Your word says the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. God, you direct us by the Spirit of God. Fill us, baptize us in the Holy Spirit right now. And God, we just pray, Lord, that as our name are, is, is, is being written in that Lamb's Book of Life right now, that we would live every single day with purpose and intention. God, I pray that, that, that we, just, we would just get up with a desire just to serve you, to love you, to be used by you. We would start our day with something like, Lord, what are we going to do today? And we would be aware and we would be intentional with our days because one life touching another life changes lives. One life touching another life changes lives. God, I just pray that as we go, that we would be ready and willing just to love and share the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus died so that you can live. So God, those that have made this decision today, I just say thank you for that. Take him from glory to glory in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said, amen, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.